Welcome to Career Tools. This week, and for the next four weeks, we're going to be giving you a special treat, an entire cast from our normally paid-for series called Effective Relationships. This cast, which will be presented in its entirety over four weeks because it's close to two hours, actually over two hours long, is called I'm a High C and My Boss is a High I. For those of you who aren't familiar with DISC, uh, a behavioral instrument we recommend highly here at Manager Tools, that means I'm a perfectionist, I'm a software developer, and my boss is a energetic, outgoing, friendly, marketing kind of person. I'm sure many of you in technology have had this experience before, and it drove you absolutely crazy. When Danny and I are traveling, we get lots of questions about DISC and about developing relationships. As many of you of you have heard us say many times, the two most important things in your career are results and relationships. And while we try to help you with results and also relationships, it seems like relationships get short shrift these days. The Effective Relationships series is designed to address that. There are a total of 32 podcasts. We take the four principal behavioral tendencies among DISC, D-I-S-N-C, dominant influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness, and compare them to every other possible combination for boss and subordinate. So there are four casts if you're a high D boss and you have a D direct or an I direct or an S direct or a C direct. As you might imagine, a D boss managing a D direct is pretty simple. And we have that for all four of the types of bosses. And then on the career tools side, we also have a series of 16 casts for each of the four direct styles. So if you're a high D direct, how to develop a relationship with your high D boss or your high I boss or your high S boss or your high C boss. We've chosen one here, the I am a high C direct, but I work for a high A boss as one that's particularly trenchant simply because it's very hard for a logical, rational, linear, and reserved software developer, engineer, accountant, perfectionist to work for an assertive, outgoing, forceful, people-focused person like an influential high eye. When software people have to report to marketing people, it rarely turns out well without some training. Over the next four weeks, we're going to take you through incredible detail about how you can have a great relationship with your boss if this applies to you. Even if you're not a high C, we encourage you to listen all the way through because you'll get some important bits of information throughout the two hours. And this will give you a, a sense of the kind of detail we have in all of the samples in the Effective Relationships cast. Uh, in this particular one, the show notes for those of you who are licensees run to 22 pages not three, not four, not five, not six, but 22. In this cast at a high level, we're going to cover your boss's tendencies and desires, how high thinks, what she feels, why she feels that way, how he or she tends to behave, and what that means for you as a high C. We're going to talk about work product, what your boss expects from you, and what that means for you. You probably think that more detail and more hard work up front is good. Your high eye boss would disagree and say they'd want a rough draft right away so they can give you some guidance. 
you're probably rolling your eyes right now if you're a high C, but the fact is the boss matters and that's what a high I boss wants. Take it from a high I. We'll talk about communication in great detail. Overall, talking about your tendencies in communication and your boss's tendency in communication and what that means for you in terms of conflict and how you can avoid that conflict and seek more harmony. Face-to-face -face communications. You tend to be slow and logical. Your boss tends to be fast and emotional. That drives you crazy, we're sure. We'll give you some suggestions about how to overcome your boss's tendency. We'll talk about meetings, how to behave in meetings with a boss who's different than you. Briefings, how to brief a boss who's a high eye. Trust me, it's not a lot of pages in your deck. We'll talk about email. Your tendency is to put bullets and underlining. Your boss doesn't like that. Be careful. You need an executive summary at the top. We'll talk about talking to your boss on the telephone and leaving a voicemail. A long, detailed voicemail is nothing that a high eye boss wants. We'll talk about developing reports, delivering reports, and generally reporting to a high eye boss, which will drive you crazy. And we'll finish with a detailed review of all four of the manager tools, managerial behaviors as it relates to you and your high eye boss, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation. And again, how your boss tends to see those things and what that means for you and how you can address it. This is career tools and manager tools, and so we're specific about actions you can take to be more effective. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you'll consider looking into this normally paid product. You can buy any one of these casts. The example we'll have for the next four weeks would only cost you $25. If you got four casts, there'd be a discount. If you chose to get 16 casts, all of the boss or all the directs casts, there'd be another discount. And if you chose to buy all 32, which is a surprising number of our licensees and over 50,000 listeners and members every week look at, we'll be happy to share that with you as well. I hope you enjoy it. Good luck. Come back next week. Thank you. Understanding your boss's behavioral tendencies is a pretty key part of being effective in just about any organization, right? And yep, far yep. too many professionals we know, they don't take their boss's approach to things in their own planning, right? And they get frustrated by what they think their boss ought to do, which is usually what they themselves would do if they were in the same situation. But that only makes sense when you have similar tendencies to your boss. Right. Now, the fact that we can't change your boss, and we certainly can't manage your boss, we've said that like a million times, right? But the uh, fact that we can't change your boss doesn't mean that we can't understand her and then modify our behaviors to be more effective when working with her. Ideally, a manager will learn about the strengths and weaknesses of each of his directs, but even if he doesn't, you can still modify what you do in your interactions with him to improve communication, reduce conflicts, and improve overall effectiveness. And today, we're going to talk about how to do that. Okay, well, let's start with the high I bosses' tendencies and desires. So let's talk about, in general, how high I bosses see the world. Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> for, the, for those of you who know the movie <laughs> Up, the dog that was fixed with the collar that allowed it to speak uh, in, in human <laughs> spent the entire movie saying squirrel. And that's sort of a joke among manager tools and career tools listeners about um, about high eyes tendencies to go after things that are new and shiny. Um, look, as a high eye, your boss is totally motivated by new ideas, new targets to strike at, 
um, exciting things that are uh, different and invaluable and important and interesting. Um, high eyes prefer to skim the top of any subject and then move on to something else rather than delving deep. Those of you who are familiar with the DISC model of D, I, S, and C around a circle, the eye is top right. If we were talking about high eye working with a high eye boss working with a high C, that part about skimming along the top and not going in deep would drive the high C crazy. Okay. Your boss, if she's a high eye, believes that as long as everything's moving, moving, everything's going to get done. Let's be busy. Let's be active. Let's be energetic. And that's a good thing. She believes, and to some extent she's right, that every problem can be solved by speaking to the right person and get him on the right side, um, networking and cajoling and schmoozing and encouraging um, and energetically cheerleading. Something else, which is uh, very important. Your boss loves to talk. Shooting the breeze is his favorite form of communication. High eyes love brainstorming. Okay, it's new, it's exciting. Let's throw out all the ideas on the table. They don't love planning, but they love brainstorming. The, he'll, he'll move from topic to topic, seemingly without any rhyme or reason. He, in the middle of a thing, he say, oh, by the way, I got to tell you, let, let me just mention something that flop, flopped into my head. If it comes into a high eyes head, it's fair game. Whereas for most of us um, who are not high eyes, it's not fair game. Something comes into your head and you say, no, I'm not going to share that because I'm talking about something completely different right now. Yeah, you apply some professional filters, right? <laughs> the high yeah. eye, no filters. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, not, there's not as many filters. Now, now, that's good in a lot of ways and it's bad in other ways, just like all the profiles have strengths and weaknesses in different situations. The high eye will have every conversation in the world to avoid making a decision or to actually discussing a topic, to avoid discussing a topic in depth. Baseball, schools, the barbecue he had last weekend, uh, the offsite he went to, anything at all. Uh, and he, he may, in fact, have a point in stringing all those together, but it'll be hard for many people who are not high eyes to follow it. And look, whether you want to or not, he wants you to be in that conversation with him. This is going to be hard to hear for some of you, knowing it, particularly if you've been a career tools, manager tools listener for years and years, but he wants to feel like your buddies, that you have something in common that it's not all about work stuff. Right, because he knows that having a relationship is part of getting results, right? He knows that intuitively. Yeah, exactly. It's frustrating for a high to be constantly brought back to the subject at hand, okay? Most of all, high eyes appear to want to have fun because, again, if the, work has, if the work's fun, if, if we all have fun, the work is going to get done. Look, your boss does not want to hear, as a high eye, he does not want to hear about the time you spent discerning fine details. He doesn't believe that a small difference between two variables of 10 variables is really the key to understanding something. If something was, in the, was within the margin of error, they're equal. If they're close to being equal, they're equal. When they ask questions, they say things like, is it 10, 100, 1,000, or a billion? And the high C... Uh, says something like, well, it's it's not that simple. And the high eye goes, yes, it is. It always is. Not only doesn't he believe that, that there's a fine distinction on things, he doesn't even want to think about it. He believes anything can be overcome through conversation, through relationships, through energy, through enthusiasm. Anybody can be won over by your boss's charm and charisma, and any problem can be solved. They believe any problem can be solved. 
the details don't just matter, just don't matter because shoot in his experience, you overcome obstacles by building relationships and convincing people to help you out. And it always seems to work out. Now, look, you might think, oh, you know, lightweight, but not so. A high eye boss absolutely wants results. High eyes have the same, can have the same performance drive, the same success drive that anybody else does. They probably feel it different. They like to be seen. They like to be praised in public. Part of the reason there are a lot of high eyes in sales and in marketing is that they react well to the rewards that sales has. Big, flashy sales meetings, holidays uh, to be won, trips to be won, prizes given out, streamers brought to the front of the room and saying, you know, salesman of the quarter, biggest sale of the year. That may be your idea of hell, but that's what the high eye does every other weekend for 20 or 30 or 50 or 150 of his closest friends, right? Big party. Your boss, all high eyes, hate detail work or hate repetitive work. I'll give you an example. I'm partially a high eye and I get sent spreadsheets to look at. And if it's a really complex spreadsheet, even with a really powerful computer, a desktop, some of them take time to open if it's got 50 tabs and complex formulas. And I know that when I launch Excel. And some of you are listening right now and say, what, Excel's not always running in the background on your computer, <laughs> right? Um, but I launch Excel and it takes a while. And then I have a note about macros and updating and stuff. And I just, I mean, I literally go, oh God, there's no decision that I want to make that's important, that really is distinctive, that requires me to know this much data. There's none. Um, now, I do it because there are some things that require that level of detail, but they're not things I like. I don't like detail or repetitive work. Once I figure something out, once I've got the big decision made as a high eye, and I've got a roughed out plan in place, and by the way, I don't call it a roughed out plan. I call it a plan. <laughs> I want to move on to the next decision. I want to, I want to skate to the next thing, the fun part of the things, right? Isn't work supposed to be fun? Isn't my boss supposed to help me have fun at work? If your boss is a high eye, she doesn't like having to slog through details in order to get to the prize. In her mind, once the plan is roughed out, it's a plan. Uh, it's just execution at that point, And that's why she has you around. I admit it. I've actually said this before to Mike. I mean, once I figured it out, it's boring. It's absolutely boring to me. I had this the, the concept for what we call internally disc 50 for all these casts. And once I sketched out the agenda and everything, it's just the writing of it. And I wasn't excited about it anymore. Um, I was excited when I briefed you, Mike, right? Yes. <laughs> and then it becomes execution, right? And guys, please don't judge me because there are people who are listening going, well, you don't get any value unless you do the hard work. And you're right. Guys, you're right. I get it. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm telling you how I feel about things. And nobody's right about how they feel. And it's important to understand how other people feel and how they behave in order to determine how best to work with them. In a 500-task project, which Mike and I were joking before this cast that D50 should be D500 because these casts are so long, look, I'll get bored listening to you saying you've been green on 211 of the first 212 tasks. Even though that would be astoundingly good to hear in terms of you reporting on results, and it would be really likely to indicate that the task, the project is going to get done. I'm not getting all excited about that. I'm not. Because to me, it's boring and it's detailed. I'm not, folks, we're not judging. The high eye is not saying 
if you like details, you're boring. Um, in, in the same way that, as an example, a high C oughtn't say that what the high I does is, is flashy and, and vain and shallow, so on. Um, look, there's an old saying about high I bosses that's, that's helpful, I think, for everybody else working with them. Enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> um, and look, that's an overstatement. We're, we're, we're trying to be humorous to make it, you know, in all humor, there's truth. Um, not, not many bosses are quite that crass, but there is that, that truth in it. Uh, he wants to show, he wants things, he wants results. He wants his team to show him or her in a good light. And his interest in your work to some extent is all about making sure he looks good, that he's successful. A high boss may appear to be having conversations, which consist only of slapping people on the back and chatting about the weekend and non-work related stuff and football. And by football, I mean the beautiful game and baseball, the beautifuler game. Um, and, and, other people look at that and go, is, is that just like, it, it, does, does he actually work? It's frustrating if you watch it. If your focus is on getting the work done and your boss's focus seems to you to be having a good time and wondering, uh, um, and, and you wonder, when is the work going to get done? You'd be missing the point. For your boss, this is the work getting done. He's developing that relationship to remove a roadblock. I, I've said this before. When something comes up that at Manager Tools that Mike and I are like, hmm, what should we do? Mike's first thought is, I want to become an expert. So he'll read a bunch of books, and he'll become an expert, and he'll solve the problem. He'll figure out how to become an expert, and he'll solve the problem. My response is, I'll call a friend, and they'll do it for me. And Mike's thought, I'm sure, is we're not building capability there. And he's right. But in my head, I don't need to build the capability because I have lots of friends, or at least people who will do things for me. In my head, Mike spending all that time is wasteful. We need to get going. On the other hand, if Mike does it, we have that capability internally. Neither one is right. They're just different. And if you don't know the difference, you can't be effective with them. Mike and I had to learn that about each other in order to be effective with one another. It may not be fair that the high eye can call a friend and say, hey, can you do me a favor? And the friend goes, no problem, dude. Got it. I'm on it. Okay. But it works. And as the army says, if it's stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. Now, careful folks, you, you listen to this stuff. Some of you are going to find fault. Most likely you high C's who are most different from high I's. But look, guys, fault can be found with any boss's approach. And remember, as a high I, their relationships are a necessary part of being a more senior manager. If you're a manager and your, your boss is a high I and a director or maybe a VP and so they're in a quasi or definitely an executive role, relationships are a huge part of executive life. Okay, as we've said many, many times on the show and you know, I had somebody recently I was talking to on the phone, Mike, and he said, yeah, I, I, you guys are telling some of the same stories over and over again and it kind of hurt me. I was like, oh God, hmm. okay, I don't want to be boring. And he said, well, to be fair, I've listened to all 500 casts in the last four months. I thought, okay, <laughs> okay. I could see where that would be a little bit grating. I, I can't imagine why anybody would want to do that. But, but anyway, we've said it before. I'll say it again. When you look up at the executives in your organization, folks, what you call politics that frustrates you, they call collaboration. 
Relationships are hugely important as executives and high eyes are good at them. And that's why high eyes are overrepresented statistically among executives. Now, that doesn't mean that high eyes are necessarily better managers. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But high I's and high D's are much more willing than high C's or high S's to take risks. And risks are an integral part of jobs at higher levels of organizations. Now, the CEO job is a high wire act and there's no net and it's 10,000 feet up. Most executives feel like there's no net. That's part of the reason, in fact, that lack of a net is part of the reason why executives aren't fired unless things are really bad. They just re get to resign to pursue other opportunities. That does mean they were fired uh, in all but rare cases. So as an executive, if your boss is an executive and a high eye, when your job is to sense the uncertain outside world, to deal with that chaos and then turn that into plans that imply some certainty for managers, you're dealing with unknowns and that means risk. And the high eye boss is totally comfortable with that. And they bet on themselves over and over again. And sometimes that means they flip from thing to thing. Not because it's right, because that's their tendency. And you need to know it. And this cast is about helping you be better at interacting with them. Right. All right. So that's my, my high eye boss's tendency. So what does that mean for me? <laughs> Pain and suffering. Pain and suffering, yes. Uh, what, what is it? What is the line from Princess Galore of Princess Bride? Humiliations galore. <laughs> yeah. You know, now look, we don't mean to pick on the high C working for the high I boss, but let's be clear. There are four pairings that are hard for directs and managers. If you have a high I boss and you're a high C, you're just very different than your boss. It's going to be hard. If you have a high D boss and you're a high S, same thing. You're very different from your boss. Or if you're a high C boss and you have a high I working for you, they're going to drive you crazy. And if you're a high S direct and you have a high D working for you, they're going to drive you crazy as well. Um, you don't, you know, look, high I's and high C's have very little in common. Now, look, we, we say that within the framework of DISC, okay, the behavioral profile, that, the tendency profile we recommend. But folks, let's be clear. We're all human beings. There's a lot that binds us together. Is the great, I can't remember who said it, but what binds us together, what makes us the same is much more important than what makes us different. I think we all share like 95% of our DNA is identical, right? It's just a few things that are different, maybe even higher than 95%. We're all much more alike than we are different, except when you start paying attention to behavioral tendencies, you'll see that there are clear patterns. Whereas a high eye boss is going to be assertive and take a risk and push forward, you're going to be reserved. You're going to want to avoid risk. You're going to want to reduce risk. You're going to want to slow down and dot your I's and cross your T's. The high I doesn't even think about dotting his I's and crossing his T's. He's hoping somebody else will do it. And really, people can tell what they are anyway who needs to cross them. Okay. I know that probably makes your skin crawl high C's, but that's the way they are. It's neither bad nor good. It's just different. Okay. Where your high eye boss is people focused, he thinks about people, you know, she wants to engage with people, she wants to have good relationships, you're pretty much task focused. You're thinking, what do I need to do? When do I need to get it done by? What's the priority? What's the deliverable? What's, what's the next task in my list? I love getting things done by David Allen and Mike and I love getting things done as well. It's a great, great program. So you're going to be different. Your boss is assertive and people focused and you're naturally reserved and task focused. All that said, that doesn't mean 
You can't have a useful, productive, professional working relationship with your boss. You can. But it's going to be harder for you naturally. Your natural tendency is going to make it hard, or you could say your boss's natural tendency will make it hard for you. And the burden does fall much more on the direct than on the boss, particularly if your boss doesn't listen to us on a regular basis. Okay? But but if I'm a high eye and I work for a high eye boss, I mean, for instance, Danny, who works for the company, Danny Martin, our, our public conference presenter, Danny's a high D, high eye like me. She and I naturally can communicate pretty well together. I'm still her boss and there's still a distance there. But the fact is her natural tendency is going to be much more in line with my natural tendency than somebody who's a high S, high C working for me. Okay. Um, so you're going to have to work harder at finding common ground, common cause with your boss when he or she naturally sees things differently than you do. You're going to have to adapt your behaviors to match his or her style. Your tendency will still be to be a high C. We're not asking you to change your tendency, but when you work with your boss, we're asking you to get out of your tendency box and say, I need to behave in a way that's different than what I normally do. Just like when you're in your car by yourself going to work in the morning and maybe a great song comes on the radio and you sing along to it, that's different than you being in church or in synagogue when the pastor or the rabbi or uh, you know is speaking and you're supposed to be quiet and reflective and respectful okay in other words your boss brings a different context to your daily workplace because his or her interpersonal behavioral communication style or tendency is different than yours once you know that you won't be judging them as harshly that's mike i don't know about you but that's one of the things that hurt me early on in my career. The sense that when my boss did something different than me, what the mistake we all make is, or at least I found I myself making, is if he's doing that, the only way you would do that is if you believe this, which is just crazy. So my boss is therefore crazy. Yeah, that's right. right? Exactly. You have to read some intent into what they're saying. Some thinking. You have to read that. You you're reading their mind is what you're trying to do. And you're, you're Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. It, and, and what's bad about that is you're only going to be accurate reading the mind of somebody who has the same natural tendencies as you. Well, if your boss has different tendencies than you, when he does something completely natural to him, you're going to say, the dude would be smoking crack in order to do that. But right. of course, your boss is probably not smoking crack. I'm just saying. Okay. So look, let's talk about the C, the high C working for the high I boss. Folks, if you're a high C, your boss, this is really hard, <laughs> I tell you. I'm going to say this and you all just feel free to accompany me by rolling, just scratching your, your fingernails across a chalkboard. Your boss does not proceed from a logical or rational point of view. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it. I literally made it through the whole sentence, but then at the end I just had to break down. Yeah, you just couldn't, you just couldn't say he it. He doesn't. Right. He, he doesn't. And the high C's are going, I'm sorry, how did he get promoted? Well, actually he had good results as an interview contributor. Well, how did he have good results if it wasn't logical? Well, people kind of matter. Um, does that mean I have to be like him to get promoted? Well, not exactly. Um, gosh, this is going to be much harder than I thought. Yep, you got that right. <laughs> and and by the way, we would be telling him the same thing if he was working for you. If we told a high eye, by the way, you need to be really logical and rational in order to get ahead like your boss has, the high eye would go, 
Can you spell logical for me? Because I need to look it up. I don't think I know the <laughs> yeah, definition really. of that word. It's not logic that wins. It's passion and energy and enthusiasm, my friend. Come with me. No, really not. What's your plan? I don't have a plan. It's going to be great. No, really not. It will work out in the end, but really. That's what I bought. Yeah, it'll, it'll all work. It's going to be messy, but that's kind of the fun of it. If I and smile I enough, it'll what? work just fine. <laughs> Yeah, look at my smile. Aren't my teeth perfect? I use whitening strips. Yeah. Um, Look, your boss, the high boss, goes with his gut. His rationale is, I've been pretty smart all my career. My smarts have migrated from my head to my gut, and this just feels right. And my gut's rarely wrong, and when it is, I can fix it pretty fast, right? It feels right. Or he might say, his mate, his friend, ask him, and he owes him a favor. And so, dude, we do favors because, you know, if you do a favor now, you get a favor later. And when you really need a favor, you can call in all your favors. And the big process you got to change, it'll get done in no time at all because people owe you stuff because that's how the world works. You give me, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And the high C goes, isn't back scratching a form of physical harassment? And the high I goes, it's okay. Just stick with it's me. It's okay. Right? When your high I boss wants you to do something, He's not going to try to persuade you with the value or the planning or the rationale or the process or the inexorability, the inevitability of the program he's created. He's going to try to motivate you with the excitement he has for his idea. Dude, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. It's going to be, as a friend of mine, David says, bitchin', right? And the high C goes, you know what? I looked up bitchin'. It's not even in the dictionary. Actually, it is, but it's not a positive. And look, guys, it's normal. If you're a high C and your high I boss is trying to win you over or woo you or snow you or sell you or persuade you or or razzle-dazzle you, your response to that is likely to be negative. And dudes, that's okay. Your response is not wrong, nor is his approach wrong. Wrongness is the judgment we apply to the fact that we're different. But guys, let's let's embrace the whole diversity mindset. And let's admit, different isn't wrong. It's just different. And that's what diversity teaches us. People who are different can get along great. Okay? So, if his idea has merit, why would you rule it out? Simply because he's trying to persuade you about it. Let's not react to his process. Let's ask ourselves, What's the logic in what he's recommending? It's okay for you to feel good. If, in fact, a high C can feel good, Dr. Spock, um, <laughs> Mr. Spock, sorry, Dr. Spock was a, a baby doctor in the, in the United States. Um, but, but if you're Mr. Spock and you say, well, he's passionate and so that's bad, that's not exactly true. He may be passionate about something that really is logical and rational and effective and is worthy of persuasion with some people. Look, we know you believe in logic and you believe – Ideas only have merit if there is logic, and we totally respect that. Okay, Mike is going. Yeah, of course that's true, and I'm going. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Okay, <laughs> but but guys, take the time to listen to the idea that your boss is trying to sell you on. Do your best to separate the wheat from the chaff, and look for the merit. Don't immediately shoot down your boss's idea simply because he delivers it in a way you don't like. Don't be stupid. Okay. Don't poke holes in your boss's ideas simply because he's being razzle-dazzle. There may be logic there. Okay. 
the high C believes that the only reason somebody would exude that much excitement about an idea was they're just trying to pull the wool over your eyes, right? And that's oh, exactly. You know what? I forget that every time, and you point it out, and you are so totally right. And I see people in our audiences when I'm presenting, and say, "Guys, do you get how cool this is?" And I can just see people's eyes glaze over. Say, if he had logic, he would use it because he doesn't have logic. He's reverting to Satan's work, right? What is it George Will said? <laughs> that that um, ver- verbal facility is the ver- – why is it that in America verbal facility has come to be viewed much like church ornamentation among the Puritans as Satan's, uh, Satan's work? And yet, by the same token, when you're a high C boss and you've got a high eye working for you, we're going to tell that high eye, dude, when he doesn't try to persuade you, that's okay. He believes that his, his idea is, is above persuasion, is beyond reproach. Right. And the, and the high eye is thinking, boy, if you, can't, if you can't get excited about it, then there must be no merit to the idea, right? That, that they think the exact yeah, opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- exactly right. Yeah. He's like, dude, this is boring. This must really suck that you have to just boil it down just to facts and figures. Whereas the high C thinks that's the highest praise you can give to the idea that you're trying to get, your, get across to your team, right? So, when your boss sells you on something, you ICs, express your support from the idea based on its merits. And then tell your boss, this is how I think we can make this work. And by the way, your higher boss won't have a plan for making it work because plans are kind of hard. and They involve spreadsheets and deadlines. And I'm not sure I really want to do that, but I have a great idea. Now, look, let's go further. Um, one of the things that you're going to struggle with, but for a different reason than you might expect, is high eye bosses find it hard to make decisions. They actually can make quick decisions, but when something's big come up, they they put off the hard thinking. They don't want to limit their options. They want to stay kind of relaxed. Even if they've made a decision, they don't feel it's really super important and they're willing to change their mind if, in fact, they get new data. And, and weeks later, um, they will ask, why did we decide to do this? I hate to say this, but I've actually said that to Wendy several times. Why are we doing this? And she looks at me and goes, because you decided we would. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Well, well, let's be vigorous in our implementation, shall we? <laughs> and, and why did I tell you? Did um, I explain to you why I decided that? <laughs> I really don't remember. <laughs> in fact, you know, Mike, it comes. It, it occurs to me. We, we've admitted before that our audience skews slightly technical because of podcasts, right? Exactly. Yep. What is – it must be our content is really good because there's got to be a whole bunch of high C's out there listening to me going, I like Mike, but Mark is a complete and utter pain in the ass. The guy is a schmoozer. He's a shyster. He's a salesperson. He's too slick. He's too fast. He talks too loud. He talks too fast. He's too clever by half. Right. Yeah, but his stuff works. Good, so they forgive you. They forgive you. <laughs> yeah, so they tell you. Yeah, exactly. It's logical and rational. I tried it and I have data that suggests, yeah. It just occurred to me saying that, that I don't know. I'm the last guy to be trying to persuade. Well, maybe that maybe that's why you, we keep hearing, um, you know, people write us emails. So you won't believe it. I, I tried it and it actually worked. Oh, that's right. So maybe, oh, that's, maybe good. that's why. I never maybe thought about why. that. <laughs> yeah, my favorite email of all. Mark, you won't believe it. I tried what you suggested and it worked. And of course, if you haven't heard this joke before, folks, I will say it again. Um, and that is, why would I not believe it? I've been telling you people the same thing for 25 years. Why would I not believe that my ideas actually work? Um, well, in fact, the whole reason Manager Tools started was because a high C executive, high D, high, C, high D, high C executive like you, Mike, said, okay, I'll try it based on our relationship. And 
it worked. <laughs> and the data, the data were overwhelming. And like, okay, well, yeah. you kind of sold it to me, but okay, I believe you now. Now, look, your high boss won't want to hear all the rationale you put into your plan for what you're going to do. She is not going to tolerate an hour-long briefing, okay? She won't like you coming in and asking question after question after question after question about small things that are really important to you, but she doesn't care about. And I'll tell you, this is a, a flashpoint in the high I, high C relationship, even among peers. If you take it personally, you high C's, when your high I boss says, I don't care, you decide it's not important anyway. If you take that personally, she is absolutely, or let me put it differently, I would absolutely see that as a high I boss as definitely your problem. Okay? Now, look, we're not suggesting that what you're doing isn't important. We're suggesting it's not important to us. We already made the decision. The important thing we're going to do is the decision. We made it. And yes, the work has to get done, but apparently if it were really important, I'd be doing it and I'm not. So therefore it's not important to me. Yeah, you might find that judgmental. I can promise you there's not a judgmental bone in my body when I say that statement. Now there is a judgmental bone in my body when I say I hate the Yankees and I want the Dodgers to win the World Series. That's judgment, right? Um, but, But there's no judgment at all when I say it's not important. I'm not telling you you shouldn't work on it. I'm saying I'm not going to work on it, and you should. And by the way, I don't judge you as being less than me. I recognize my role is different than yours, and part of my role is to make a decision. Oh, you do. You you do mean that when you're talking to a, a Yankee fan. I know that. So don't don't lie to me about that. I don't actually. I don't talk to Yankee fans. I really don't. If I know you're a Yankee fan, you should just stop listening right now. <laughs> actually, I'm not even talking to you. I'm talking to the microphone. So. At any time, if you feel you're a strong Yankee fan and you need to resign from the podcast, that's fine. <laughs> um, I have four words for you. Kirk Gibson and Oral Hershiser. And, of course, all the Yankee fans go, yes, I have 50 words for you. And the first two are Babe Ruth and the next two are Lou Gehrig uh, and then Mickey Mantle and then Joe DiMaggio. And, well, the Yankees have a few more pennants than the Dodgers do. And, of course, the Yankees have never been bankrupt either, but that's a whole other story. Don't get me started. Not that I already am. Um, so look, if your high eye boss assigns you work, she believes you'll do it. Now, she probably believes you could do it. She could do it herself, but frankly, thinks you like to do it and would be better at the details anyway than she would. You doing the stuff that she doesn't want to do is another way of saying you doing that allows her to work on things that she can do that you can't. It's a cla- my umbrella story fits here. She would say a high I boss with a high C direct would say you're getting poked with a priorities umbrella, but you're getting upset about it all by yourself. Now, another thing that high C's tell us about their relationship with their high I bosses, you're not going to get as much time with your boss to quote dig into the work unquote as you might like. You'll probably feel that your high eye boss is, at some time, is sometimes skimming the surface, right? Not into the details. <laughs> You'd be right. Details, those are like cold pricklies. Shiny things are warm fuzzies, right? The question, though, is whether you would describe that as your high eye boss assigning you things that are beneath him, which he doesn't think, 
or whether you see it as your high eye boss trusting you to do what must be done, particularly in an area which you're better at than him. That's how I see it. And by the way, if one of my directs comes to me and says, I need you to do X, as long as I don't feel like they're just throwing something in my lap, I'll do it for them because they feel like it's better for me to do that than they are, than they would. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Something else high C's tell us you're ba- you're, you're about, about their high eye bosses. Your boss is going to go faster than you want. Totally faster. It's going to drive you nuts. Yeah. Faster. Reckless. Reckless. Not just fast, but reckless. Yeah. Reckless. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas we say faster just enough to keep up with our competition. And our competition keeps making money, so they must not be reckless. It'll feel reckless to a high C and maybe even to a high S. To a high I, it feels like keeping up with the Joneses, staying on top of the marketplace, staying abreast of the competition, beating the competition at their own game, right? Faster to market, quicker. Time is an advantage. Let's use it to our advantage. Let's not make it work against us. There are going to be times when you're going to be certain that something is going to crash and burn because your boss doesn't understand all the details. And sometimes when things go really fast, you're not going to understand all the details, which is absolutely going to be a fundamental schism in your head. But this is not psychology tools, so we can't help you there. And your boss will still go forward knowing that the details are not taken care of. The power of her idea is going to be propelling her. And she thinks... The idea is so powerful. 20% detail failure is not important because the 80% that we get right is going to be so huge, it doesn't matter. Right. Well, there's that that usual uh, tug of war that the high C is going to feel like they have with their high I boss when it comes Ooh, to things like point. that, speed yeah. versus yeah. accuracy or action versus planning, those kind of things. Decisions versus details, right? Yeah. Forcefulness versus carelessness. Carelessness. It's not forcefulness versus detailed mindedness. It's forcefulness versus carelessness. (laughs) (laughs) But look, guys, and again, this is not psychology tools, but consider becoming willing to tolerate something less than perfect planning. Because I'm telling you, some of the best, well, look, I'll give you an example from the last five years, okay? We're recording this in 2012. If you have an iPhone, you probably like your phone. It does a lot. 10 years ago, there was no such thing. Okay. There was nothing. There was no iPhone. There was no smartphones. There were some early devices, Palm devices and so on, but there certainly weren't phones. Okay. Does anybody here remember four or five years ago when the first iPhones came out, how they didn't have an app store, how app, apps were only going to come from Apple? The, they weren't manipulable. You couldn't change what apps you had. You couldn't buy apps. I think if I'm not mistaken, iPods came out before the iTunes store came out. Did they not, Mike? I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Of, yeah, absolutely. Right? So, are we going to argue today in 2012 that – now, if you're listening to this 20 years from now, you're probably going to say, I vaguely remember iPhones, but now we have this new thing and it's way better. But at this time, iPhones are big and people – many people can't imagine being without their iPhone and yet the first iteration wasn't all that good. The power of the idea was great and they got some of the details wrong. What about mobile me? Apple got some of those detail, details wrong. The story of of large-scale innovation in major organizations is the first hundred things you do are wrong until you get it right. You may make money between the first zero between zero and hundred, but you only really start making money when you finally get it right. But that doesn't justify waiting and to be perfect before you start making money. Okay? Remember too, your boss got where he is by being good enough to get where he is. 
oh, there's so many stories here. Oh, he got promoted because he knows somebody. Well, guys, let me just clue you in on something. If you don't know anybody, you're not going to get promoted. But just because somebody knows people, don't don't assume they got promoted because they know people. Because I got to tell you, when I'm an executive, if somebody's not good, I don't care how well I know them, I ain't promoting them, period. Perhaps if your boss is a high eye and he or she outranks you, if they're comfortable with less than the level of detail and planning that you would want, and yet they still get good enough results to get promoted and to be in their role, maybe their approach is tolerable or reasonable, or maybe even, let's not say reasonable, let's say effective. And maybe a little bit of roughness around the planning will, will be okay. Now, what does a high boss want from you in general? I'll, I'll tell you what I want from the high C's around me. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Mike, I, I, I haven't shared this with you yet. Wendy and I were talking the other day that we needed a podcast about how to end a conversation. And I'm talking about a verbal conversation mm-hmm. um, where I'm in a conversation with somebody and I say, okay, hey, can you do that for me? And they go, yeah, let me, let me work on that. Well, I want the conversation to be over. This is a direct of mine. And they're thinking through the issues. And I say, okay, I got to go. And they're like, yeah, okay. In other words, they're still in the conversation. And one of the, one of the things we need to do in a cast is to say, if you work for a, a dominant boss, and your boss says, I need X by Tuesday. Rather than immediately trying to solve the problem in front of your boss and engaging in a communication style that he or she won't like, the thing you should do is say, I got it, boss. We're good. And then when your boss walks away, goes, say to yourself, okay, what do I do now? What are the 85 steps I need? And look, 85 steps may be necessary. And thankfully, you're the one that's doing it because us high eyes would never get to 85 steps. Okay. That, by the way, folks, that's an oversimplification. I've managed big, complex projects, trust me, uh, even though I'm a high eye and probably not as detail-oriented as you want me to be. So one of the things you got to do is you, you have to show more energy and enthusiasm. And if you're every single time you're in a conversation with your boss and he says, can you get that for me? And you're like, yeah, let me think. I'll, I'll come back to you with questions. That doesn't come across as energy and enthusiasm. That comes across as doubtfulness uncertainty, timidity, questioning, right? Your boss wants more energy and enthusiasm from you. They see your high eye boss sees your tendency to go slow and to be cautious as the same thing as a lack of passion and excitement about their idea, about them, about their team, about their work and so on. Now you might say, no, I'm just as passionate as them. I just don't express it outwardly. Yes, fine. Agreed. And they don't see that because they look at you and judge you or, or uh, evaluate you based on the standards they have. Okay. Where you're thinking about all the impact their ideas are going to have, they want you to be thinking, hey, this is awesome. Passionately embrace it. Sort out the details later. Now, the great thing is, is you guys working together, they have the passion, you have the details. It should be great. Okay. You'll make sure that when they go through the water at 90 miles an hour and they make a big wake, you're going to smooth the waters. They forge ahead and you ensure that the path remains open. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.